The book was better. Crisp. Crisp clap. Hello. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Almost. Happy whatever you celebrate. <laughs> but Merry Christmas, because that's what we celebrate. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely celebrate Christmas. Um, this is a special... Christmas episode. I don't know if I necessarily say it's special. I mean, it, it is, is going to be. It is the Christmas episode, though. It's the Christmas episode. It's going to probably be a little bit different than the usual so flow of things. All we've done so far is Harry Potter. So, like, anything would be different. <laughs> true, true, true. So, yes. Hello. Welcome to the first episode that's not Harry Potter. So, if you. <laughs> don't like harry potter this is probably the first one you're listening to so welcome to the book unless was better. you don't like christmas and then you're probably like oh wait maybe i don't want to listen to this and then you're a scrooge and that's no fun and this episode is very oh. appropriate for you but um we're really <laughs> we always forget to intro so welcome to the book was better podcast i'm oh, taylor yes. colette i'm kaylee clark and this is a podcast where we talk about a book and it's a movie adaptation of that book. And we talk about what we liked or more often what we didn't like. <laughs> but this is going to be a very positive week, I think. This 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 week, I think, is going to be very different. And like I said, it's going to just it's going to be a little bit more different. So <laughs> and hopefully it'll be a shorter episode compared to the ones we've been doing recently. I mean, with Harry Potter, we've really been tearing into them and we've had some like long episodes. We were, so we were very passionate about Harry Potter. And, you know, going forward, we're going to be very passionate again. Sorry, yeah, we're just but, passionate but, about but today. Books. We're just passionate. And you know what? I might surprisingly get very passionate about this one. So <laughs> just listen. I don't think I, like I will. my books and literature, but we'll see. So today, um, well, I guess before we get into that, anything you want to say? Any announcements? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but since some people may be new here, since this is our first non-Harry Potter episode, we do all the social medias. Um, we like, have... Seriously, any you can think of. <laughs> we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. Am I missing any? Did you say Facebook? Facebook, if I didn't say that already. <laughs> Anyways, we have all the all of the social medias, all at TBWB podcast. And we are always posting fun behind the scenes stuff there. We're asking you guys for opinions, for questions. Um, we're posting stuff that we didn't necessarily get to in the episode. It's just like a good time. It's a party. Definitely go check it out. If you haven't like sub, uh, what is it? Followed us or I guess we're on YouTube now too. I don't know. Yeah, we're oh, on yeah, YouTube. We're on YouTube now. <laughs> we're on YouTube now too, so go subscribe. All those things. We're cool young kids. We know the words. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, if you are listening on 
Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out to have those ratings to help more people find us. And we are so very appreciative of those who have rated us so far. Yes, thank you. Um, I have something that's not necessarily an announcement or a, a perfect correction. Like, it's not a correct. Okay, so listen. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, <laughs> I edit all of our episodes, which means I have to listen to myself talk a lot. Um, and something that I've noticed is when, like, I, when I'm listening and editing, it's almost like sometimes I hear some of the things that you say <laughs> for the first time, because when I'm like so passionate and so into like a specific point, like you'll say something and sometimes it's very funny. And <laughs> in the episode, like I just breeze right over it and I just keep on going like I didn't even hear you. And that's because I might have not fully comprehended what you said in the moment because I just get so passionate about it. And then when I'm listening back and editing, I'm like, oh, my gosh, wait, that was really funny. And then I'm thinking, like, how is this that come? How am I coming across here? So listen, um, I'm aware that I can be a bit of a steamroller, especially when I'm really passionate about something. You're a Leslie. So nope, it's I'm, fine. I I am a Leslie. Nope, that is exactly <laughs> what I am. So I am going to try to be a little bit more aware of that <laughs> and, and not just keep on going full steam ahead. It's all right. Um, it'll hopefully be easier in this episode when it's not a book yes. series that is like heavily debated and has very big opinions. But yes, um, I don't think anyone has like strong opinions about the Christmas Carol like movies. But if you do, please let us know because I'm curious. Yeah, for reals um also yes hello today we will be talking about oh, yeah. christmas carol um so here's the thing this book has been adapted into a lot of different movies um but we wanted this episode to be fun and it's christmas so we didn't want to watch like a super intense one because technically even though it's a Christmas story, it is also a ghost story, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so certain adaptations and views on it really dive into, like, the spookiness of it. There um, are definitely spookier versions. Yeah, but it's Christmas, so we <laughs> wanted to be jolly. So we <laughs> so there you are, go. We are um, talking about Charles Dickens' book, A Christmas Carol, and we are comparing it to its movie adaptation of The Muppet Christmas Carol. Which um, is the best one, in my opinion. And if you think a different one I is better. I also really like I don't the, know. the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol. That one's That's cute. Also that a, one's cute. It's a pretty good one. But again, I have small children who are obsessed with Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so Scrooge McDuck, man. That's not but, who we're talking about today. <laughs> but like I watched, so I watched this movie, The Muppet Christmas Carol with my husband and he was laughing. He was like singing along to the songs. So that's how you know mm -hmm. it's a good movie because he can be quite the movie critic. So <laughs> this was good. I also watched it with my children and they enjoyed it. So it's good um, for the whole family. For the whole family. Okay. So real quick. Um. 
Christmas Carol is written by Charles Dickens, like we've said. Um, the Muppet Christmas Carol movie came out in 1992, so it is pretty old now. It's older Get, than both of us. Years. It's old, barely. It's almost 30 years old. So, Dang. but it holds up. It's a good movie, guys. It is. Um, it was directed by Brian Henson, so one of the Henson brothers. Um, the screenplay was by Jerry Jewell, and the music was by Miles Goodman. And a brief for those of you who, if, if any of you really aren't familiar with A Christmas Carol or you get it confused amongst all the other movies that have Christmas in the title because there's many. There's a lot. Um, Christmas Carol is the one about Scrooge. It's Scrooge is visited by three spirits and he learns the, you know, a good lesson about the <laughs> spirit of Christmas and the importance of giving back. And he becomes a better person for it. That's yes. that's my very brief off the top of my head synopsis of this one. So... Um, Amy, anything else before we start? No, I think you covered it. I think we're good to dive right in. Alrighty. Okay, who goes first? <laughs> you do. I do? You do. Okay, I was like, I don't remember from the last episode. If so. I'm wrong, don't get mad at me, but I'm pretty sure it's you. Okay, cool. So... We're going to still follow our, a general three, two, one, but I wouldn't necessarily consider all of these grievances like we have in the past. Mm -hmm. um, it's more just like, or at least not grievances about the movie. Cause it's my differences first one is we noticed that's what it really more is. Just, yeah. That's what it comes down to this time. So my third one is just kind of talking about the, the writing style of Charles Dickens himself, and um, he's really wordy. So that's like a big thing I noticed when I was reading it is his descriptions are massive, right? Like, especially a very specific thing that stands out to me is in his, they're not technically chapters, right? They're staves. So yes. in stave three or four, Whichever is the one when the second spirit visits, right? Three. The Christmas That's present, three. The it's the of, longest one. That's three. Yeah. So, And it's part of the reason why is because he spends pages <laughs> just talking about, like, I'm tempted to even grab my book because it's just over there on my shelf. But, um, like, of just describing, like, the food, Yes. Uh, like out on display and when so when Scrooge and goes into the room where the second spirit is, which happens in the movie as well. He does. He just is like, let me tell you literally everything in that room <laughs> in great and detail. And then let me tell you literally everything that was out on display at the shops that were still open on Christmas Day. And well, and then he even he, the way he describes them is um, is like like women gazing in jealousy upon the it's like <laughs> some of his like analogies and metaphors about the food get a little weird <laughs> well and then he he describes them all again when they disappear he like describes them yeah, all and then they exactly. have a conversation and then he lists it all again and is like and those all went away and you're like thanks man <laughs> and yeah and so when you read it like and you get to those scenes because there's quite a few 
you're just like, dude, like, I don't need to know all of this information. Yeah. Um, but it, but it makes sense. So here, here we go a little bit into my English major background, my English degree here. But, um, when you look at the historical like significance and the historical background of when Dickens wrote the book, the detail, the amount of detail he goes into the like abundance of food and wealth and things in these certain scenes makes sense because Dickens wrote the book in response to like British social attitudes towards poverty um, and especially towards like childhood poverty, which explains also some of the scenes where he like specifically goes into the children that are present and the you know, he, he plays on sympathies towards children a lot in the book. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And what's what's nice is like when you understand that historical significance, it's, I think, easier to get through some of those wordy parts. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're just kind of like it kind of almost reminds me a little bit of Christopher Paulini in like Aragon and the Inheritance series. Ooh, yeah, where it's like to the writer. Sure. A lot of this descriptiveness can be nice, but oh. <laughs> hi, Libby. Hi. Sorry, I have a, a child that just woke up. Hi. Can, do you want to say Merry Christmas really quick? Say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Say it into my microphone. Say Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> okay, do you want to go with Dada now? I love you. Okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Um, you were saying it's like Aragon, where it's like to the author, oh, right, 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 it's right. good, but to everyone else, it's like stupid. But to everyone else, it's like, I don't need paragraph upon paragraph upon paragraph about a single tree. You know like, what I mean? Like, leave something to the imagination. Yeah. Um, however, I will say that in this movie, they matched his extensive descriptions very, very well. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the movie did such a good job following the scenes and following the symbolism. And in some ways, I guess the wordiness of the book made it easier for them to just like perfectly create the scenes and lay it mm-hmm. all out in the movie um, so that it matched really well. So that's my third one. My third one that I'm for my third point, I guess I want to talk about is um, so it's the Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) So let's chat about (laughs) Muppets for a second. I think that my personal favorite part of this movie adaptation is Rizzo the Ratch being added in. As almost like, like a you know, second narrator, <laughs> like he's almost like the voice of the reader. You know, he's like yeah. going through being like, what the heck is happening? And we're like, yeah, man. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> or because it is, it's like Dickens as a narrator, you know, is like an all knowing narrator. And it's so funny because, yeah, Rizzo in the movie is like, how do you know that we're outside? How do you know what's (laughs) happening inside that house? Like, (laughs) yes. And it's just so. Gonzo is also a hilarious Charles Dickens. He's so so good. And like Kermit the Frog is such a good 
Bob Cratchit. Mm-hmm. Like, and Miss Piggy is a perfect Mrs. Cratchit with her sass. Well, and not a Muppet, but can we talk about the fact that Scrooge is Michael Caine? Yes. <laughs> Good old Michael Caine. Michael Caine's amazing. It's like, okay. I like totally forgot that that's who it was until I rewatched it this time. And I went, wait a second. That's Michael <laughs> Caine. The Michael Caine acting alongside <laughs> these Muppets. <laughs> like... He it's does such so a good job. Good. He's so such a good, good Scrooge. And so I know that there's other adaptations of it, obviously, where everyone is a human <laughs> like they are in the book. Yeah. <laughs> there are adaptations that are targeted more towards adults and not necessarily families and children. <laughs> but I think the Muppets add so much to the story that. I actually have a hard time watching other versions because I'm like, yeah, hold up. Where's Rizzo? <laughs> like, where's, where's the funny guy? I need I need the voice of the reader in this moment. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, there were obviously changes that had to be made to the story in order to fully kind of adapt to there being Muppets. For instance, they made Marley, Mr. Marley, into two people because they wanted it to fit with the those two classic grumpy Muppets. Which I don't think was well, yeah, and, a, and I don't know who else who else would they have chosen to Yeah, like be it was perfect. Marley. Like it just yeah. And that song that they do is a classic. Like so good. And so I am not mad about it. Like I think it was a yeah. fine change. Um another one that they did was in the book you have the Cratchit family and Peter and Mary, the one of the daughters, I forget her name, um, both work. In the movie, both of their daughters' names start with B. Yeah, it's like they only have the young it's like ones. Bernadette and Brigitte or something. <laughs> Those are great names, but definitely wrong. Um, definitely not the right ones, yeah. And so I feel like it's definitely. Like, so in the book, they, the two older children both work as well as the father. And so it kind of shows, you know, it, it adds to that time period where people were really poor. So even the kids had to work to make ends meet. And I think that they, in making the Muppet version, decided to take that part out and just have Bob work or Kermit in this instance work instead of having like his kids also work because that could be a little bit confusing and so again I'm not mad about it just thought it was an interesting change um I'm trying to I'm looking at my notes really fast to see if there's anything else yeah I mean like again they like added in all the bookkeeper rats which is not a thing in the book um that's just his clerk which is but Bob Cratchit. Again, they add yeah, for some very funny book. moments, like the island and the sun part freaking kills me every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that the Muppets, I think they lend themselves well to this story. And I truly enjoy it because of the Muppets, not like in spite of them. It's more of because of them that I truly enjoy the movie as a whole. Yeah. Well, and and despite some of those changes that they clearly made 
to, you know, make it a little bit more family friendly and whatnot. It still follows the story and the symbolism almost perfectly. That's still all present. So. So, yeah, that is my number three. Just um, about the Muppets in general. But Rizzo is the best. (laughs) Okay, well, my number two is about the three spirits in particular. Mm. Um, You know, the spirit of Christmas past, spirit of Christmas present, and future, right? Christmas is yet to come. Yes, Christmas is yet to come, however they word it. But in um, the movie, right, all three of the spirits are Muppets. Kind of. The, f- the first one's a little CGI. It's, a, it's, it's like a puppet, but it's still... It's, yet the first spirit isn't as goofy, mm-hmm. but neither is the third one. But, like, they're, they're clearly still all, you know, they're... They're, they're not supposed people. to be Muppets, right? <laughs> they're not people. They're not life act, real life actors. But it's amazing how spot on not only like the description matches, like the because mm-hmm. like I've mentioned in before how Charles Dickens is very wordy with his descriptions and goes into a lot of detail. And they got those details down. Mm-hmm. You know, to the apparel, to the glow, to the, the voice. Um the voice, the personality, mm-hmm. um, and again, even some of the words, right? Like, yeah. the first thing that the spirit of Christmas present says is, come in and know me better, man. Yeah. And that's the first words that he says in the movie, too. Like, yep. Well, and like, I, again, off of my point, I think that the having them be Muppets really lent itself well to them being able to be so accurate to the descriptions because when you're trying to make it yeah. an actual person, it's hard to You didn't have to cast someone. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're like, well, we're making it from scratch, let's take these descriptions word for word and bring them to life. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just I just really liked how perfect the spirits were and Michael Caine's just such a great actor, right? That you even <laughs> yeah. mentioned like they're it, it's hard. Like I can't imagine, like I watched a little bit. I watched what am I like a vampire? <laughs> I watched a Wrong little holiday. bit of like right um, on, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, bonus features on DVDs and Blu-rays and whatnot about, you know, actors talking about, working with cgi you know like and it's you're you don't have like the actual person or thing there to react off of you you know you you really have to rely on good acting skills to be convincing in those scenes Mm -hmm. and that's basically all that michael Caine had here was just like it's not like an actual person for him to react off of and, and yeah, play I off mean, luckily of. he it's did have like puppets the, and puppeteers the puppet there, you know, at least like it yeah. was something. But it's still like he's like there's those scenes where he's like in tears, totally committed. The emotion and the <laughs> reaction and everything. Yeah. To throughout the whole thing. Very convincing. And and like I said, you know, it still shows the symbolism and the you know, it still sends that message across um, of the spirit of Christmas and, you know, the negative um, aspects of not wealth, but of, of being greedy with that mm, wealth. Greed, and, for sure. Yeah, greed and 
and not looking out for your fellow man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's my number two, just how much I love the accuracy of the three spirits and Michael Caine's reactions and acting with them. So, yeah. Um, I will say my second one is about how, again, we talked about how this movie is definitely more family friendly. And so there were certain things that they adjusted or left out that were kind of the spookier parts of the book Mm -hmm. uh for instance like towards the end when he's in the uh christmas future he sees his dead body i mean he's like under a sheet so he can't actually see himself but he like like, in the movie it's just his he just sees his grave like his headstone Uh they just jump to the grave whereas in the book Mm -hmm. he sees a dead body on a bed and he's like whoa And then he sees the grave and realizes that that was his dead body. (laughs) It like really forces him to face his, you know, his own mortality. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I get why they, uh, why they left that out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then they, I will say that like, I, there were definitely parts in the book that had almost more of a religious undertone going on. Like... Again, keep in mind this was written early 19th century. Yeah. (laughs) So there's definitely some religious undertones going on that they, you know, just decided to leave out. Religious holiday. It is, but (laughs) I I get why in the Muppet version they're like, let's not dive into that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then there's like that weird part in the book with at towards the end of Christmas present when out of Christmas presents leg? I don't know. The part kind of confused me. Like these two <laughs> children emerge. <laughs> like I, like I said weird... earlier, right? Like he was really trying to not, you know, the message. He was really trying to send hard the message of not just taking care of the poor, but like especially helping the children. Like, yeah. So it's like this part where Scrooge is like, what's that under your robe? Is that a foot or a claw? And he's like, it's kind of like a claw. And then these two kids emerge, but they're like weird looking kids. And Scrooge like (laughs) straight up is like, I can't even say that they like look like nice kids because they are so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, who are these weird children? <laughs> and <laughs> Christmas present is like it's ignorance and want. And so yeah, it's again, like, you know, symbolic. Dickens really driving that point home. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, you need like they're what people like man needs to beware of, especially like ignorance. Like, don't be ignorant, man. <laughs> so i'm like yeah once again a little deep i get why they cut it out (laughs) yeah yep 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 and then the the last one i'll talk about the part that they left out and this one i didn't fully get why they left it out i felt like they could have included this in christmas past when he's at the school his right his younger sister is supposed to show up and be like father has changed and he wants you home and so you can finally come home from this place forever and spend Christmas with us and spend you know the future with us which is really interesting because it gives you a different understanding of Scrooge's past 
like the mm-hmm. fact that he was sent away to this boarding school and his father clearly had some issues in the past that yeah. he had to <laughs> deal with and like his sister is so happy to like bring him home and it's like this really sweet reunion between the two and then he is able to go home and so he actually doesn't spend his whole christmas at this yeah well his whole childhood at the the school school. like because it shows him like aging at the school which doesn't happen in the book Mm -hmm. so i thought that that was an interesting choice and obviously the probably just for time's sake yeah i think you know they just wanted to get through it and the eagle like the eagle muppet doing the whole business thing is like super funny and so that's definitely more entertaining for kids yeah (laughs) um but yeah i thought that that was also an interesting choice that was the one that i was kind of like i would have liked to see that but i get why they didn't so definitely a less mature theme which is understandable with muppets yeah (laughs) and the audience that they were their target audience right yes so so yeah that was that was my number two (laughs) cool so my number one I just want to talk a little bit about, so clearly a book can't be a musical, <laughs> but the no. movie is a musical. Yes. <laughs> like, um, and I just want to talk a little bit about the pros and the cons, um, because the music in the movie is so good. Like, oh, it, it is so good. It's really good. I love it. I it's, it's so catchy. really enjoyable. It's really catchy, really well done, like just marvelous. Um, I good, still have the job, songs right? stuck in my head as we speak. Well, yeah, and they're they're just good. I especially like the we're Marley, Marley and Marley. And Marley. Ooh. <laughs> That's straight up the part that was stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it, it gets stuck in there. Um, yeah. Really good. Um, love it, but I, I, I did notice and to kind of to come off of some of the stuff that we've already talked about, right. That like, despite how good the, whoops, I just hit my microphone. Um, despite how good the music is, like, does it take away from some otherwise serious moments? Right. Yes. So that Marley and Marley song. Awesome. It's a really bop. catchy, really good. Still covers, you know, a lot of the conversation, that you know scrooge and marley have in the book still covers a lot of that conversation of like this is why we're imprisonment and this is we've just focused on ourselves and our greed and our wealth and now we're chained by those same things you know like the the song still covers that stuff Mm -hmm. but doesn't go into it in quite as much detail and like something that like really hit me when i read the book was that marley says like you actually see me this time, but you have no idea how many times I have come to visit you. Yeah, and, that and was wished interesting. I could warn you and wished I could talk to you. Well, about. and I will say the Marley in the book definitely seemed to care more about Scrooge's like salvation, salvation. in a way. Yeah. Compared to the ones like obviously the Muppets that they chose to portray Marley are very grumpy They're facetious old men <laughs> so like they don't yeah. really care which you know was kind of a bummer because it's kind of interesting to see in the book this version of marley who's like i am paying the price for my sins right now and i want you to not have to 
do the same thing. Yeah. And so that's right. Kind of like what we've talked about before, where it's like, yes, thinking about the target audience, we got to keep that in mind. And I really like the direction of making it a musical and the songs and everything are really good, but it definitely alters some things, right? Well, like, let's take a moment to talk about the end because the ending is very cheesy montage, everyone coming together and singing one last song. And it's like cute, but very well, different than the actual Muppet ending. Because in the book, yeah. he does have dinner with his nephew, and then he doesn't actually see Bob Cratchit until the next morning when he comes into work. When he comes into work. Mm-hmm. And he has the boy deliver the turkey to the Cratchits, but he doesn't go there. Like show up with like a bag and yeah. And like, like a million <laughs> people and be like, I'm going to stick all these people mm-hmm. in your house now. <laughs> yeah. I would hate that. It's like a cute ending song, obviously, but it definitely was Mm -hmm. a little cheesier compared to the book. Yeah, for sure. Um, And again, keeping in mind target audience as well as the message that it's trying to send, right? Mm -hmm. Like the movie wants it, it. Clearly was still trying to send like, this is the true spirit of Christmas. Keep in mind, you know, your fellow man, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Charles Dickens was like really trying to send home that point of like, hey. And when you look at the time period, there was a big, a really big um, like wealth gap Mm -hmm. between like the really rich and like the poor Um, kind of makes me think, too, of like. And I actually think it was around the same time as like French Revolution, right? Yeah. Where there was a really big wage gap and it's a lot of poor people. And it's like, hey, we got to take care of each other a little bit more. <laughs> like, yes. Is especially the children. Like Charles Dickens really just wanted to get that think in there. The so. children. And, and I'm with him. But um, yeah, some of the imagery and choices he made in the book were um, a little intense. Mm-hmm. And um, the movie... I like that they decided to just not include some of the weirdness and instead made it musical. And um, even like the scene at like the Cratchit's home, you know, little uh, they they start singing little tiny Tim starts singing his little song. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's still very it's still very impactful. Right. Oh, yeah. Still gets you sentimental. Cutie little tiny Tim, even as a little frog with his little crutch (laughs) is still super cute and gets you when he does the, you know, future of like Christmas is yet to come. And the, 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 there's no tiny Tim. Yeah. Still very, very sad. Gonzo's, uh, or, you know, Gonzo as Charles Dickens delivery of Mm -hmm. tiny Tim who did not die. (laughs) It's a classic. (laughs) Um, so I don't know, like, that's something that I, I thought about a lot as I watched. It was like, I really enjoy the music. I really like it. The message is clearly still given and still comes across, but does make some of what are pretty heavy hitting scenes in the book, not quite so like 
hard hitting in the mm-hmm. movie, but yeah. still very enjoyable. And I like the decision they made to be a musical and I really enjoy it. So no, not necessarily like a grievance or a negative or anything. It's just kind of like it's got pros and cons to, to making it a musical. Yeah. And so. I think any, any story that you turn into a musical is going to have that happen. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, that was my number one. Cool, cool, cool. My number one is the difference in humor between the book and the movie. Um, You can definitely tell, like, Charles Dickens was a, you know, man, a British man from the... British man. (laughs) It's important because he's got British humor from... Listen, it's very dry over there. (laughs) Yes, from his, what was it, early 1800s? Yeah, Late 19th 1800s. century. So, 19th century. Whenever that is. Um, I mean, I, I looked up when the movie was made. We should probably look I up when did the book fact get check when the book was originally published. So let me do that really quick. So, yeah, Charles Dickens is a yeah, eighteen forty three. So eighteen forty three British man. Mm-hmm. He therefore he has an eighteen forty three British sense of humor, which you can see in the book. It's not to say the and, book... And the book is funny. Yeah, it's not to say the book isn't funny. It's just you have to understand that sense of humor to appreciate it. And then you look and at the... And the narrator is, like, is funny in the book. I especially, like, like in the beginning, he's all like, listen. And, and, and the way it's written is, like, a person talking to a specific person. Yeah, it's and like he is telling even you like, the it's story. It's very important for you to understand that mm-hmm. he's dead. Like, he's been dead for years. Like, you gotta understand. He's dead <laughs> as a doornail, which is a weird expression. I feel like there are other nails that are more dead. But yeah. anyways, like... dead as a doornail. Like, he's got funny parts and, mm-hmm. just a side note, Tim Curry as the narrator on the Audible version, so good. Oh, yeah. He does a phenomenal job. He has great delivery that really helps you to get those jokes. (laughs) Well, and this book, too, you can listen to it in like under four hours. I think it's like four and a half hours long. You can you can read it in like an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's really not a very long. No, it's a quick book. So if you haven't read or listened to it before, I would advise doing it at least once. Because it, is it a, really it is a classic like it yeah. is. It's quick. And it is well written despite mm-hmm. being a little funky at times. Yeah, but overall very enjoyable. Um, but again, that's his humor. Then you look at the Muppet Christmas Carol made by Americans in the 90s. And it's definitely yeah. a different <laughs> sense of 90s. humor. <laughs> so... I mean, obviously, I am an American who was born in the 90s, so I appreciate the Muppet humor a little bit more. (laughs) Well, we grew up watching this movie. Yeah. So. Like, literally every Christmas. Is a classic. Yeah. So, I appreciate the changes that were made for, you know, more modern audiences to be able to appreciate the humor. Um, for instance, in the movie, you have that whole scene with after Scrooge leaves the work towards the beginning, 
they like have this song while they clean up shop and then they have the skating with the penguins and yeah bob cratchit singing <laughs> as he goes home none of that's in the book well like, or rizzo right like yeah. all of the goofy things that rizzo says and yeah None of that's in the book, obviously. It looks warmer in there. Let's go. Oh, actually, it's colder in here. Like, <laughs> like there are some prime funny moments that are only found in this particular adaptation, which I think is fun mm -hmm. because it gives you something to appreciate about it that's unique to just this movie. Compared to if you watch a different adaptation, it would have its own unique things. And so... right. I'm not saying well, that. Well, I the, like the Muppet one because it is, like, as an adult, it's still entertaining to me. Mm -hmm. Because the Disney, like, Mickey Mouse version of this also came out, I believe, in the 90s. Like, it's also been out for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's not, like, I I still enjoy it for, like, you know, it, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Nostalgia. Just left my brain. Nostalgia. Yeah. Um, because I did watch it when I was a kid, but like it's more like I just watch it so that my kids who are obsessed with Mickey Mouse have a Christmas movie to watch. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it hasn't held this up. This one's as well. a bit more enjoyable for me to still watch as an adult. Mm -hmm. it, it's target audience. I keep saying that. I've said that a lot this episode and this episode's not that long. So I need to stop saying that word, but <laughs> it's a little bit. Broader, you know, it's yeah, uh, got for a sure. bigger age group that can rated enjoy e watching for everyone. It. Rated E for everyone, or rated G. I think that's what it's rated. Yeah, I mean, it's technically movie rated terms G, instead whatever. of game terms. Like. Whatever. So yeah, I just, I mean, let me just really quick look at my notes, make sure I'm not forgetting to say anything else. Um, you know, I think I pretty much at all so yeah i just i appreciate the unique humor in both the book and the movie but i definitely appreciate the humor in the movie a little bit better yeah i'll also say we kind of didn't really do a full stop pause for honorable mentions but this movie's not and the book aren't really long enough like they didn't really miss a whole lot right yeah it's hard to mess this one up I, did I say this already? I can't even remember. I might have. But just the fact that a lot of Gonzo as Charles Dickens narration is like direct quotes from the book. Well, not even and just a lot of the Gonzo. lines of the characters. The spirits say a lot of things. The last line, the God bless us, everyone is what the book ends on as well. Yeah, I just lost you a little bit there, but I got the I got the gist of what you, you were saying. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, this is unfortunate. The last episode we recorded together was actually together. So now that we're back to technology, it's going to be faulty, of course. Yeah. Hey, it's done pretty well so far, this episode. That's true. That's true, true, true. But, um, yeah. So that's just another positive. And again, that's another just positive of shorter books, right? When When you adapt a shorter story... You can really make sure you get easier. everything. You can really, yeah, it, it, it makes it a lot easier for them to nail it. So, yes. Okay. Well, those are our three mm -hmm. not grievances this episode. Those are but our three thoughts. 
Um, another thing that we're doing a little different this week is instead of fan faux pause. Because I don't really think people have that many thoughts about this. <laughs> I can't imagine they would. No, um, we thought it would be fun to ask instead um, what your favorite Christmas movies or books or traditions or whatever are. So um, we're kind of going to do that and we're just going to have some fun Christmas talk. Yeah. To, f- to finish off our Christmas episode. So um, this comes from our listener, Jill D. And she said, I'm not usually a fan of the Grinch, but the new animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch is really good. And I agree. Couldn't agree more. I was skeptical going into that for sure. Because, I mean, I really like the classic. There's been a lot of Grinch. Grinch. Yeah, I love the classic, like the original animated Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. So I was, you know, a little skeptical, but it was well done, funny, cute, really good. Yeah, no. And and I, my my three-year-old especially, she loves that one. Mm. Like we were watching that in like July because she likes (laughs) it so much. So um, I agree. They did a really good job with that. So you got the next one. Yep. Okay, this next one <laughs> comes from Holly. K. K. <laughs> um, Holly K. And she says Jim Carrey Grinch and the Santa Claus Tim Allen movies. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I always forget about those, but they are so good. The, the, the Tim the Allen. The Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen. I hadn't seen most of them before I got married. My husband loves them. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Did you? We grew up in the same household. How have I seen all of them and you had not? (laughs) I probably, like, just didn't pay attention. Let's be real. Um, Okay. I was like. But he has made me watch all of them now. And they are, I mean, there's definitely some that are better than others. But overall. they made a lot of them. Overall, there's some solid movies. Well, the first one's just really good. And the first yeah. one's a classic for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I will say one thing about the Jim Carrey Grinch. I know a lot of people really like it. I think my problem is Jim Carrey kind of just freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> like no matter what movie he's in, he kind of freaks me out. So when he's all dressed up in the Grinch outfit, it like is nightmare fuel for me. So. <laughs> I just like the scene, and now that I think about it, it has been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I just think, and it's such a classic where it's like, but what will I wear? Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's definitely a lot of quotable moments from that movie that Mm -hmm. I see, like, memes of all the time, where it's like, oh, self-loathing, dinner with myself, I can't cancel that again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, that whole thing. Like, there's definitely some really funny parts of that movie, but I cannot get myself to watch it because he freaks me out too much. (laughs) That's so funny. And I'm think, sitting here thinking, like, maybe this year, like, I will watch it because it's been a long time. Like, I've got yeah. to give that one another chance. Like, <laughs> yep. Because my personal, like, favorite Christmas movie, and this is hard because I, I actually love, I love Christmas movies. Like, mm-hmm. I watch all of them. And what's hard, too, is, like, I consider The Nightmare Before Christmas to be, like... 
I can watch that over and over again from October all the way through the end of December. And it's awesome. Um, but my husband insists that it's not a Christmas movie. So I mean, it's definitely <laughs> doesn't matter. On the I still watch it over and over side. and over again. Um, I love it. But if I, if I had to say like my favorite Christmas movie, it would have to be Elf. I can Such watch a classic. Elf over and over again. I can watch it back to back. I think it's hilarious. I it still makes me laugh. Um, I don't love everything that. Um, whoa, his name just left me. Will Ferrell. What? Will Ferrell. Yes, thank you. Um, I don't love like everything that he does. No. But that is I love that movie. I think it's hilarious. It's a Christmas classic. It truly is. Yeah, and I just, it's the best. Out of the elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> so quotable. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Um, so it's hard because I am a sucker for a good Hallmark movie. It's like. Oh, well, yeah, I love Hallmark movies, too. Hallmark but Christmas I movies are so cheesy and it's like the same storyline over and over again but i still and love netflix it. has got some out there now netflix True, has netflix been making has their own original basically their hallmark movies <laughs> so pretty much every year i watch about a hundred different christmas movies so there's a lot to choose from but the one that i like have to watch every year or else it's not christmas is the classic white christmas movie because it is it's so good. Like, oh, it just makes me like feel good inside. And like the You songs. curl up in your Christmas jamas mm-hmm. with a mug of hot cocoa Ugh. and some popcorn. And you watch it's just it so with a big blanket. It's so wholesome and fun. And well, and the music still is so good. So and the good. dancing, and it's just super entertaining. So mm-hmm. That's that's so, one of my top Christmas movies for it's sure. It's so good. I love White Christmas. And I'm just a sucker for all things Christmas. And so I feel like White yeah. Christmas just really like encapsulates a lot of the good well, old but Christmas vibes. I also have vibes. lots of memories. Like mom and dad like put that one on. Oh, yeah. Every year. Mm-hmm. That was one that we watched growing up and it wasn't like they forced everybody to like sit down and like watch it as a family movie but it just kind of like ended up happening a lot well mom would just would stick it. it on all the time because she loved it mm-hmm. and so we just grew up watching it and i just grew to love it as well it's just so good it's a good one so and it's funny like my husband has had, like before we got married like had never seen it and he was like what and i'm like it's what? so good <laughs> no blasphemy Bless my husband for putting up with my Christmas obsession. Like, so fun fact, our anniversary is two days after Christmas um, on the 27th. Which is rough. <laughs> and our wedding was like our reception was essentially Christmas themed because that's what was available. So we had like Christmas trees, poinsettias, like everything was like pie. I, I was there. My, bu- <laughs> my bouquet was points like white and red poinsettias and so i am so in love with christmas that even my wedding was christmas themed. yeah (laughs) (laughs) so my poor husband has just had to put up with my obsession with christmas and luckily he also likes christmas definitely not as much as me but you know he puts up with it it's the best which is good so 
Well, and yeah, Christmas, we love Christmas. Uh, being sisters, a lot of our Christmas traditions overlap, but yes, every year. So some things that I'm looking forward to every year, we do a gingerbread making contest mm-hmm. and we do it with graham crackers. That's the way our family makes gingerbread houses. It's they're technically graham cracker houses. Yeah. And my mom just makes a bunch of like that real cheap and easy powdered sugar and milk frosting mm-hmm. and we go crazy maybe we'll share some previous pictures yeah i'll see if i can dig previous some up years and post them um because we do bridges and castles and towers and like i did a coliseum real life one year places with like i did the london tower gummy bridge bears. <laughs> yeah um so that's like a really fun tradition. Um, and then a tradition that I'm now doing with my current children as well. My current children. They're always going to be my children. <laughs> you know, this, um, this my children version. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we always opened one gift on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Right. And it was always Christmas PJs or slippers or, slippers or something. Um, and so that's something that I've started doing is we open up. We have Christmas PJs and my added thing to that is they all match. And my husband is a very good sport because we literally the whole family, we are wearing the exact same pajamas. So that's great. I love it. But I always loved um, driving around and looking at Christmas lights as a family. Mm -hmm. And there was one in our neighborhood growing up that was called the Phineas and Ferb house because they themed it around Phineas and Ferb's Christmas episode. Each year it just gets bigger. It's so dope. It's so they start putting it up like before Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's like other ones where you like tune into the certain radio station and it's like Mm -hmm. themed to the music. Yeah. There's so many cool houses. I love Christmas decorations and I can't wait till I have my own house and I can go all out. My poor yeah. husband. Um, <laughs> like I go all out inside, but yeah, yeah. Don't have, don't have lights up outside. So <laughs> no. Um, and then Apartment also living. <laughs> I love, I mean, obviously we are Christian. So on Christmas Eve, we read the nativity story the Christ- and yeah, the, Christmas. the Christmas story and we like all gather around and my dad would always read it. And we had these little like plush characters of like, yeah, our Joseph mom made and Mary like a, and a nativity. And that was basically like, like it's just sewn. Yeah. It's just like material and stuffing. Yeah. And we would like, instead of like full on, like I know a lot of families like full on act out the nativity. Yeah, we didn't go that. We intense. instead would just like set it up with this little plushy. Yeah, like, we each like got certain we got certain characters. So like I'd be the shepherds or the wise men that year. And then we would like mm-hmm. have them come in. And it was just fun, good family time and like really focusing on like, you know, the reason for the season and yeah. like just and then we would always afterwards talk about like giving and just like you know good moral messages and everything that I think Christmas is about it's about giving and about caring about others and which I think tying this back into the Christmas carol I mean that's kind of was like the moral of the story is you need to 
care about your fellow men and you can't be selfish you need and greedy. To give back. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is, that's always been, you know, the point of Christmas. Even mm-hmm. back, I, I don't know, you know, all the people talk about like, well, technically they took a pagan holiday and adapted it. I don't care about all of that. I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. And I specifically, I know it's kind of true and whatnot, but I don't, the specifics are even before the date changed and all this stuff, like the focus with it originating with Christ's birth, right. Has always been like a higher meaning of loving others and loving one another and making sacrifices for others and Mm -hmm. like caring and giving and just being good people to other people. So, and yeah, that was the message that Charles Dickens wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a political piece at the time when he wrote it. So, yeah. But it's got a good moral message, and I think it's a really great story. And I think that we are left with uh, one last question. And that question is, was the book better? <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm not also going to say no. I'm not going to say it's worse. Well, here, so here's, here's my like, <laughs> words okay (laughs) (laughs) okay with since the harry potter series is the most recent one we've done right clearly books take more time to read right yeah the harry like harry potter movies you can watch in two hours takes much longer to read the book yes yet i'll continue to reread those books Mm -hmm. a christmas carol the last time I read this book was my sophomore or junior year of college because it was a, an assignment in my British literature class. Like, this was I had my, to read it. This was my first time reading it. Yeah. So my, like, criteria, I guess, for whether or not the book is better is, like, I will continue to rewatch this movie, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, heck every yeah. year, probably every year. I will not continue to read this book every year. I'll probably read it again in the future eventually. Someday. It's not a bad book per se, but this time I'm not going to say that the book was better. No, the book was not better. Let us know if you disagree. <laughs> I doubt people will, but maybe. <laughs> Maybe someone is like, there are people who probably just really don't like the Muppets and they're probably like, why did you choose that one? (laughs) Yeah. If you are against the Muppets, my apologies. We love them. But they're the best. (laughs) They're funny. I don't know. Maybe it's just the generation we grew up in. Maybe. There were a lot of Muppet movies when we were kids. So many. But yeah, so that's our Christmas episode. Um, hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday, um, whether that's, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, um, we, you know, we've also got New Year's and stuff coming up, so hope everybody stays safe during these weird times, um, while still being able to enjoy this time and see your family and friends and whatnot. Even if that's through the internet. Yep, that is that is a nice thing, right? 
that's a blessing and something to be thankful for right now is mm -hmm. video chat as we use that right now Yep. <laughs> to make this episode. But um, tune in in two weeks time in 2021 in 2021 prayers um, that that's a better year <laughs> years open um when we will be be well, when we will be beginning when we will start begin a new <laughs> <laughs> series um hunger games Sure. We did a vote. We did a vote. I don't know. There were kind of all sorts of it all over the place. It was split half and half between Hunger Games and Twilight. She Twilight. wants to do Hunger Games. I want to do Twilight. <laughs> but here's the thing. So I mean, this is kind of getting future really far out there. Um, I believe that I can get an interview. I believe that we'll be able to interview for an episode Stephanie Meyer and talk to her a little Hopefully. bit. Hopefully Stephanie Meyer, if you're listening, hit us up. <laughs> I'm not making any promises, but like we got our English degrees from the same school. We're both alumni from the same department. Anyway, um, I'm going to try. And so, but I need a little bit more time. So that's part of the reason why it's like, we're going to go with Suzanne Collins and the Hunger Games first, because I don't think that she'll respond to me, but maybe nope, Stephanie Meyer she will. She probably so. won't. She's probably um, too cool for us. It's like, we didn't even try with JK Rowling. It's like, we didn't want to no, talk to her anyways. We're, we're too small town. She won't even bother, but and some other sucks. authors might. And that's, that's something we would love to include as a part of this podcast is including some interviews with the authors and talking to them about their thoughts and kind of the process of adapting the, a book into a movie and if they played a role in it or not because sometimes they do they play a pretty big role in helping with the screenplay or whatnot um and other times they kind of unfortunately don't have that much of a say yeah so anyway that was a very long explanation just to basically say if you would like to read along and watch along with us, you can read the first Hunger Games book and watch the first movie. There you go. <laughs> and we will see you all in 2021. Woot. With that, um, goodbye. Bye. Bye.